Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on 8. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com. Part of the Scout.com and CBSSports.com networks. Thank you, as always, for joining me on this podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you've not done so, you can subscribe to it via iTunes and the Android app. And please check out the rest of the great Locked On podcast network, which includes Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL Draft, and Locked On Fantasy. And, of course, please head on over to PackerReport.com for our content over there. Yesterday, I rolled out the grades on the inside linebackers, and Keith had his 22nd annual Packer Report Awards. A lot of really good analysis there, analysis, video highlights, some really good stuff. And Green Bay, yesterday, released running back James Starks. No surprise there, he of the 2.3 yards per carry average. $3 million of salary cap savings. Made that a pretty much a no-brainer move. He was waived with a non-football injury designation. I assume that goes back to that uh, December car accident that cost him the end of the uh, the end of the regular season and all three preseason games. Getting a lot of money to be saved there, which made sense based on, on the production. He is 30. He'll be 31 here in about three weeks. But who in the heck's going to run the ball? A lot of work there for Ted Thompson. Obviously, you got Ty Montgomery under contract. The only other guys, Don Jackson, and, uh, holy crap, I just totally drew John Crockett. <laughs> God, I hate when I just drew a blank. It's early. And I've only had a quarter of a cup of coffee. So, clearly, I need to get up maybe 10 minutes earlier and chuggle a cup of coffee for the podcast. I don't um, blank on guys on the roster's name. So, it's Tom Montgomery, John Crockett, Don Jackson. Obviously, Crockett and Jackson, not Crockett and Tubbs, to be Miami Vice. Crockett and Jackson entered the year on IR. Crockett spent the whole year on IR. He had a maybe a dozen carries in 2015, and Jackson had 10 carries this year before he had an IR. So not a not a wealth of experience. And that leaves Eddie Lacy, Kristen Michael, and Starks as free agents. I was told that the door is not closed on Starks' return, but from what I gathered, reading between the lines in that conversation, what I gathered from that was, don't close the door on it because you never know. I don't, you know, I, I realized Adam Schefter had a tweet there yesterday that said the Packers could bring him back for less money. I don't think he knew anything there. I think that was, you know, I talked to somebody about it again, and it was more of a, hey, you never close the door on these guys. You, you might need them. You know, if Starks, I mean, if Lacey goes somewhere and, and Michael goes somewhere, maybe, maybe you bring back Starks. I, I do not think that is a priority, though. Heading into the rest of the offseason. All right, let's get into the heart of today's podcast. And it'll be the review of the defensive line. Not a great year. Start, obviously, start off with B.J. Raji's surprise decision to retire, hiatus, quit. 
whatever the hell you want to call it. B.J. Raji wasn't there. They had forced Screaming to take Kenny Clark with their first round pick. We'll get into Clark here in a bit. But without Raji, it was up to Mike Daniels and Latroy Guyon to carry the load. They started off great. And you, I mean, you look at that Green Bay's run defense to start the year where it was all-time great to start the year. That was a lot of that was Daniels and Guyon. I, I thought Daniels played at a pretty good level for most of the year. I thought Guyon kind of slipped a bit as the year went on. But if, just from a pure production standpoint, Guyon against the run was terrific. Fifty, He ended up with 50 tackles leading the defensive line. And that's while playing 200 fewer snaps than Daniels. It gave Guyon a tackle rate of 8.96 snaps per tackle. That is That was number one on the unit. And he led the team, or let's not led the team, well, the defensive line with six stuffs. Now, stuffs is a stat by the um, stats group called Stats, which is a tackle at or behind the line of scrimmage on a running play. A lot of times you see tackles for losses. Tackles for losses include sacks. Stuffs do not. Purely a run game stat. And it is at or behind a line of scrimmage. So that would be a unit best six for Guyon. And Pro Football Focus, kind of along the same lines, has, has a stat called Run Stops. Run Stops basically mirror Green Bay's... When, when Green Bay does a grade, Green Bay grades its players, they, they, they do it as wins and losses. I mean, that's part of the grade, is, is a win or a loss. And a winning play is a first or ten play that holds um, the play to three yards or less. A win on second down is holding the the second down play to less than half of the remaining yardage. And a win on third down is holding the opponent short of the first down. Uh, Pro Football Focus's run-stop metric mirrors that. And Guyon had a unit-best 16.2% run-stop percentage. It was... uh, you know, Daniels, we'll get into Daniels here in a bit. That was twice as good as anybody on the defensive line. So, guy had a great year as a run defender. Let's go talk Mike Daniels. Daniels, last year, had 67 tackles. This year, 44. 23 fewer. His snaps per tackle rate, 15.08. And he had four stuffs. The stuffs rate, one for every 165 and three-quarter snaps, worse than the team. Or worse, again, I can't, I'm going to keep saying worse than the team. Worse on the defensive line. So not a great year by Daniels. But, obviously, it is, there is a run game and then there is a pass game, and this is where Daniels earns his money. Daniels had four sacks, just like last year. But he had a team-high 20 hurries, according to stats. The rest of the defensive line combined for nine. The Packers' coaches gave Daniels 14 quarterback hits. Every other D-lineman on the team combined for 10. So, guy in a tremendous year against the run. Could have been any less of a factor against the pass. No sacks, which is 
well, whatever. I mean, no, no sacks. You can deal with that. According to stats, he had one and a half hurries. Remember, Daniels had 20. And Guyon had, at least Guyon had six last year. So Guyon remains a strong run player. I thought his age started showing up, though, toward the end of the year, I bet. And then, you know, the total lack of a pass rush. And the coaches gave Guyon three quarterback hits. So, again, it's one and a half hurries to Daniels 20 and three quarterback hits to Daniels 14. And that's uh, the, the hurries are from stats. The quarterback hits are from the coaches, if you're wondering why the numbers seem a little bit odd. All right, so those are the, the, the two main guys. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash as the season went on, well, I shouldn't even say that. Down the stretch, Kenny Clark played more and more of a role, which was interesting. The Week 13 game against Houston, Clark played seven snaps. Clearly, he was not playing up to par, and the coaches sent him a message. I, I remember talking to Clark about that um, really late in the year, when, after Clark had really started to emerge you know, in late December. I remember talking about him, and, and and he pointed to that game. I mean, Clark is a no-nonsense kind of guy, and he doesn't need, I don't think he needs a ton of motivation. But when he only played seven snaps against Houston, it really redoubled his focus. He said he spent a lot more time in film study, more time in the weight room. I mean, it really fueled the fire there. And down the, down the stretch, he played a lot more. In the last four regular season games, he played 18.3 snaps per game. In the three playoff games, they're up to 26.3. Why? Well, he he earned it. 33 tackles and four stuffs gives him a, a tackles per or a snaps per tackle rate of 10.09. Remember, Daniels is around what 17? Excuse me, Daniels is at 15. So Clark. With a, with a big impact in that role, four stuffs gives him a, a stuffs rate of 83.25 snaps per stuff. That was second on the team. His pro football focus run stop percentage also second on the D line with 8.9. No sacks, but better than Guyon, which is impressive because of the, I mean, he played a couple hundred less snaps than Guyon. No sacks, but three quarterback hits and four hurries. So, is Clark ever become a, a really dominant pass rusher? I don't know about that. But you see from just a limited sample size that he did provide some pressure. And obviously they're, they're going to need that. I mean, it is, it is, it's, it's great to stop the run. Obviously, it's a very important part. But, I mean, you watch the Super Bowl. Atlanta took that gigantic lead over the Patriots because of all the pressure on Brady. And that pressure, a lot of that pressure came from up the middle. It's just so vital, and if Clark can do that, I mean, he's gonna have a—he'll be—he'll go from a good player to a potentially really, really good player. As it is now, I, I think Clark did enough at the end of the season where you're, you're going to go into the next offseason. Maybe it'll be Daniels and 
and Guyon as your starters, but I would think at some point, whether it's offseason or training camp, it's got to be Clark, I would say, taking over that starting role. I mean, just because he, he's just a more explosive player. You know, limit Guyon to, to be more of a run game only player and have Clark with Daniels be that every down sort of guy. Let's go to the other rookie, Dean Lowry. As is the case with Clark, Lowry played more and played better down the stretch. And some of that, in, in Clark's case, even though McCarthy said, quote, it has nothing to do with Mike Pinnell's situation. Clearly, I think it had something to do with Mike Pinnell's situation. Obviously, as you recall, Pinnell was suspended for the final four regular season games. The Packers didn't pl- activate him for the first couple playoff games and then cut him for the championship game. Obviously, the Green Bay needed Lowry to play more, and therefore he did. Of his 157 snaps in the regular season, 105 came in the last five games. He played another 55 in the playoffs. And he and he, you know, he earned it. 14 tackles, two sacks, three quarterback hits, um, three hurries, and one stuff. His tackle rate, one for every 11.21 snaps. But again, the D-line had six sna- snacks. Maybe they had six snacks. Probably did. I mean, they, are, they are D-linemen. They probably did have six snacks. Three of those came in practice. But um, Lowry also had um, two sacks. So the D-line was six sacks. Daniels four. Lowry two, and that's it. And again, the very limited um, number of snaps. And he still has three hurries and three quarterback hits beating Guyon in those phases. Um, the NFL, if you go to the NFL's media, which you, which you can't do because it is the media site. They have a, a website with a bunch of stats, and one of them is net yards over average. And that measures a player's impact when he's on the field versus when he's off the field. And Lowry really stands out in this phase against the run. Lowry, When, when Lowry is on the field, Green Bay allowed an average of about one and a quarter yards less per carry than when he was off the field. I thought that's a pretty good number. Because it means, you know, the, the sample size of snaps is, is big enough where it doesn't get skewed by a couple tackles for losses or whatever. So I think Lowry showed up there, and, you know, the passer stats are pretty good. I, I think the kid's got a bright future. I mean, I, I, if you're a hardcore draft guy, you probably knew his story. He was great at Northwestern. You know, sacks, tackles, I mean, dropping the coverage. He was great at Northwestern. Went to the scouting combine. He ran well, tested well in the bench press, so he's strong and he's athletic. He's 6'5". Got unbelievably short arms. And I mean, you look at you know, look at Latroy Guyon, he's got unbelievably long arms, like around 35 inches, and he uses those to advantage. He keeps blockers away from you with those long arms. Lowry, with 32-inch arms, doesn't have that to his advantage. So therefore, he fell toward the end of the, to the end of the fourth round just because of arm length issues. While Green Bay took him, and I, th- I think, you know, maybe Lowry's never going to become like a 30-snaps-a-game starter. Maybe he will. But whatever, he's going to be a very valuable role player for this team going forward. 
All right, and, that, and last and least, not last but not least, but last and least, Christian Ringo. 76 snaps for Ringo. Spent the entire year in the roster and still played 76 snaps. Obviously, they'll be looking to upgrade the end of the roster here. Uh, Ringo, seven tackles, 76 snaps. That gives him a second, um, excuse me, his tackle rate of 10.86 snaps per tackle. Ranked third in the D-line. No sacks, no hits, no pressures. Ringo will end up in training camp uh, trying to fend off Brian Price. Price opened the year on the roster, um, but was quickly moved down to the practice squad where he stayed for the rest of the year. Thought he had a pretty good training camp. It'll be Ringo against Price against you know the, the usual. You know, they'll probably draft a guy, draft two guys, bring in some undrafted guys. It's going to be a free for all for that number five spot behind Daniels, Guyon, Clark, and Lowry. I want to talk about Pell here for a second. What a waste! I mean, I last year. Pennell had 12.75 snaps per tackle. He had two stuffs. He had a unit best 51 snaps per stuff. More impressive than that, the guy had, um, gosh, it's right in front of me. Holy crap. It, it, here we go. Seven. Actually, you know, let me just back up on, on Pennell here. Because I misread my own notes. I'm talking this season. Pinnell had 12.75 snaps per tackle and two stuffs, which gave him, actually gave him a team best rate of 51 snaps per stuff. No hurries or anything in the passing game. But last year, he had seven hurries. So what a waste, right? I mean, on a D-line star for pass rushing, he gave you pressure last year. And I gave you that net yards against average stat with uh, with Lowry a minute ago. Pinnell ranked high in that. He was over a, a yard per carry difference. So what a waste that the guy couldn't get his personal life under control to an extent. And ends up getting suspended to start the year, to end the year, and then out of work totally. The guy's got a lot of talent. I've always shown him to be a really nice guy. I, you know, Intelligent. I guess that's the danger of drugs, right? I mean, it's he certainly he's not, he certainly is not the only guy who can overcome some personal damage. You hope for his sake that this becomes a wake up call and he can do that because he's a really, really good prospect. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Thank you as always for listening. I truly appreciate it. I would not get up this early to talk to myself. Frankly, I don't find myself that interesting, and I'm glad some of you do. So thanks for listening. Have a great day. Be safe out there. And I think we're supposed to get a little bit of an ice storm here in Green Bay in North. So be safe out there. And I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.